Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're going to be talking about the second part of our two-part series on backup generators. Let's go. In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, air conditioning. Each week, I'm joined by a panel of experts. We pick a topic and we discuss it in depth. It's meant to be informative and hopefully bring you some value. If you've heard the show before, thanks for coming back. We'd really appreciate it if you go and uh, review the show. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let's know how good we're doing. I'm sensitive. Don't be mean. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe. Like I said before, this is our second episode in our series about backup generators. I've got Shane, Gavin, Scott back with us today. Um, they're electricians at Any Hour Services. Thanks for being here again, guys. Yeah, thanks Good for having us. Here. So, so have you guys been getting recognized out on the street since the uh, last episode? Came out. You, you're famous now. Mm-hmm. My pictures on the back of the truck, so everyone knows. <laughs> I know you from somewhere. <laughs> well, back in episode 20, we talked about backup generators being a solution when the power goes out. But we also talked about different kinds of generators. You had the portable generators, which episode 20 focused on, and now you also you've got standby generators. Um, so in this episode, we're mainly going to be focusing on standby generators. Um, lost my place in my notes, so that doesn't matter. (laughs) Shane, tell us uh, the difference between those two generators, just real quick. Portable generators versus a standby generator. So it's kind of what it sounds like. Portable, you can actually move them around. Something like that, you're using to keep in your garage and wheel them outside and plug them in. Where a standby generator is something that's permanent. You're gonna set that in a spot by your house, and a lot of times we bolt them down and they hook right into your house. Uh, for the most part, they're automatic. So you're, if you're at home and the power goes out, uh, 10 seconds later, your power is back on. You didn't do anything. So why might somebody uh, want to go with a more per- permanent installation uh, rather than a, a standby, or not a standby, but a portable? Why would they want to upgrade to this more substantial standby generator? Less worry. You don't have to worry about it. Power goes out, you just wait a few minutes, it turns back on or turns on and then the uh, power comes back on and that generator turn, turns off and you're back on the the power, mm-hmm. so. No headache, you don't have your wife yelling at you to go get the power turned back on, it just shut, turns right on, so. Yeah. I mean, you guys are out in the field, we install a lot of generators. Talk to me a little bit about some of the things that you guys see um, in the field as far as what are some of the reasons that, uh, cause I, as we talked about in, you know, the last episode about generators, when we talked about portable ones, everyone's reason for getting a generator is usually a little bit different as far as the things that they want to keep on and stuff. But talk to me about some of the reasons you've seen out in the field with people wanting to get uh, a standby generator. Well, here in Utah, a big thing is just being prepared for an emergency. So we are a big self-reliant state. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Uh, medical reasons. I've installed some for people that need it so they can even breathe at night. Mm. So they, it, their brain wouldn't let them, it wouldn't breathe on their own. So they had to have it. If power was out, they just wouldn't wake up. Mm. I've also had a lot of people that have like a sump pump, something that even if they're not home, they don't want their basement to flood. That's a good point. We didn't even like, I, I didn't even think about that. That's, that's a good one. What else? Any other things? 
what's the what's the I don't want to say weird because like every, every, every we're not here trying to place judgment, but what is a a unique situation why someone the most unique you've seen out in the field why someone got a generator? I had someone that was mining Bitcoin. Really, and they didn't want to lose any time at mm-hmm. all. They hmm. wanted it running nonstop. Wow. We're going to talk about cryptocurrency now. Um, (laughs) Thanks, Scott, for derailing this episode. I was wondering who it would be. Uh, Why does mining for Bitcoin use so much power? Mainly, it's... I'm assuming since you talked to this guy and he he, he had to educate you on Bitcoin. Austin, you're looking at me over there like you've got... Like you've done some research on this and you've you've got something to add on why mining for Bitcoin... It's the GPU inside the computer that needs all that power. The graphics card is the component in a computer that does most of the mining, and it takes a ton of energy to run that GPU at basically max 24-7. But why? Like, I mean, it's, it's the interweb, the interweb. Like, why are they, like, why, what are they mining? Well, they're all built on calculations, and every calculation is harder than the one before. So every Bitcoin that is mined is harder to mine than the one before, and these calculations are... I don't know. I don't know how big they are. They're 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 huge. So the power it takes to make these calculations is crazy. I've just never understood. <laughs> like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense that a digital currency, not physical. Like, I get that you're saying you're mining, and that like implies that there's work there. <laughs> but like, it just seems like a scheme that maybe the power company came up with. <laughs> they're like, hey, let's make up this currency. But in order to get it. You got to pay us a lot of money for power. <laughs> well, obviously, we didn't mine many bitcoins because we're all still working. So, for those of you who did, good for you. <laughs> um, okay, well, there you go. I are any of you mine for bitcoin? No, I've no. wired up a lot of them. You have know. really, mm-hmm. so that's yeah. a big thing. People. Well, it used to be bigger that. than it is. Uh, the yeah. calculation getting so hard now. Uh, the power it takes to mine a bitcoin is it's hard to tell if it's worth it anymore. Mm. So that's all that's involved. Like you go mining for Bitcoin and as like all you're doing is paying the power to, or you buy the Bitcoin. You buy, you buy these machines that then mine the Bitcoins or just big computing machines. And they put oh. out, they take a lot of power, put out a lot of heat. All right. Well, I don't so, know anything anyway. about this stuff. So <laughs> we're going to get back to stuff that, that uh, we do know about. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, okay. We talked about why somebody would go for these more permanent Bitcoin. That's, that's an interesting, any other weird, like, uh, you know, hooking up a generator because, um, they have like a balloon animal business on the side and they need to like keep their compressors going. The the weirdest one I ran into was just an older guy that just wanted to get rid of his money. And so he was just like, oh, let's put it in a generator because <laughs> it's a lot of money. Well, that that is an issue. I, I want to be that guy someday. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be that guy that is like, eh, I got too much money. What can I buy today? I think as part of it, you could think it's it's a little different. Where a lot of times we think of a backup generator as just solely for emergency purposes. I've done a lot that people don't want to lose their air conditioning in the summertime. Mm. They just want the comfort. Well. And again, I just want to say, like, there's no judgment on on any of these. I I think that everyone has a, the right to spend their money the way they want to. And like, if you want a generator to to do any of these things, Mazel Tov. Um, 
let's see. Let's talk about pros and cons of these bigger, more permanent uh, installations. What are what are some of the pros of a uh, stand? And I mean, is it standby generator? Like, what's the technical term? How do, what do you call it? Right, if it's the one that's installed in the ground or like that's permanent installation. Is it standby, standby generator? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought I was saying it right. I just, now one of the big benefits is just the uh, capability to run more stuff. Um, you, you couldn't will one around, so, so they they're they're a lot bigger. Like I was, we talked about on the last last episode, I mean the the ones you pull around, I mean you can maybe get to that ten thousand watt range. These are getting to twenty two thousand watts, or some of the bigger ones we put on home. So just you can run so many more things on these. Uh, yeah, I another thing that I, I like, because we talked about with the portable generator, there's just a lot of work on your part to do um, to, to get the thing going and, and make sure the house is running. But with these uh, standby generators, you with the a lot of times, do most of them that you install that are standby have an automatic transfer switch or do you still install a lot that have a manual transfer switch? I'd say almost all of them have the automatic transfer switch. There is some that they use the manual for purposes like in sizing, we have to be able to size your entire house if we use an automatic. If we use a manual transfer switch, then we can put a lot smaller generator and we don't have to try to run everything in the home. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, let's see, any other pros to to the standby generator? It's easy. Yeah. It's one, Once it's installed, you set it and forget about it. You don't have to fill fuel, you don't have to do anything once you sort of hope the power goes off so you can be the beacon in the neighborhood that your house is shining <laughs> yeah i i like i like that you don't have to store the gas you know it pipes right into to whatever you know most of the time the natural gas that you're running the house off of that automatically shuts on and off um what about uh cons like what i mean for you know there's got to be some trade-off there so what are, what are some of the trade-offs when you're stepping up in in size to these bigger generators well, they're permanent, so a lot of people just don't like the look of them. Mm. That's one, one con I've seen. Okay. Location. Okay. Yeah. Where we have to install them in the house because we got to be away from windows and doors, things like that. So. so you're limited, like you're limited on where you can actually put it? Yes, where we can install them. Gotcha. Another thing I they come across is this cost. Um, they do cost more mm -hmm. than, than a portable generator. Uh, well, let's say somebody's interested in getting one of these, uh, you know, standby generators. Let's walk them through what they should actually do. Like a step one, like what what do we do if we are interested in getting a generator? Give us a call. Well, we got people listening all over the country. Like we're not we're not just talking to people that are listening to to any hour services. We're trying to be like informative, like to anybody. Like if someone's interested in getting a generator, what's the first step that they do? I'd say, first of all, find out what they want to run. Okay. So before they make the call, I mean, what, what do I want? Do I want my air conditioner on or is that something I can go without? Um, and that's and that's really the big one there. Air conditioners, sometimes uh, stoves, anything that create heats take, takes a lot of power. So you've got to decide what you want first and then a qualified person can come out and give you options on, on what it would take to run that. Yeah, I, I think it's good to know in your house what things are actually running off of mm -hmm. electricity and what things are are uh, you know not running off electricity. Yeah. I think we talked about in the last uh, generator episode how people are 
most people have experienced power outage. So you probably know, you know, what things are working and what things aren't. Like I, I remember um, tankless water heater. That's one that in, in my house, like I have a tankless. I love it. I'd never go back to a regular one. But the first time that the power went out, I was like, oh, wait, what? I don't have hot water now because of this. And, you know, we had a, we did a tankless episode with uh, Gail from Noritz and he was like, well, what a lot of people will do is they'll actually get a CPU and they'll, or what are, what are those little battery backup things called? What's that called? UPS. UPS, UPS not CPU. Austin talking about mine and Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a UPS, he's like, you know, get a UPS and plug the thing in because you can get 16 hours of runtime off of a UPS on the tankless. So if the power goes out, you're set there. Hmm. I hopped on Amazon almost while the episode was going on, like purchase myself a, a UPS. <laughs> so I don't have that situation anymore. But yeah, so like know what, uh, you know, runs off electricity and what doesn't so that when you're, you know, kind of coming up with that plan, you know, in, in my mind, to Scott's point, you know, he's jokingly saying, give us a call. But like, that's actually one of my first steps that I recommend if someone's thinking about getting a bigger generator is contact an electrician, but not just any electrician. I recommend that you contact somebody that's got quite a bit of experience working with generators because you really do need to know what you're doing uh, in order to make sure you're not undersizing the thing, making sure that it's hooked up, wired up, everything's safe and done properly. And it is a, a substantial investment for most people to get uh, a generator, unless you're that old guy that was just trying to give his money away and it was like, it didn't matter to him. You know, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big investment to make sure that your family is safe and you're prepared for those situations. So you want it done right, you know, at least I would expect it to be done right for that amount of money. But t talk to me, actually, that's a good point. Like, what are some of the things you guys have seen out there um, with generators not done correctly? Or maybe you don't come across things not done correctly out in the field. <laughs> uh, the biggest one is it doesn't start when they want it to. Really? All, all the time. They expect it to turn on and it's either the gas line sized improperly. So they want to run their furnace, but they can't run their furnace and the generator at the same time. Mm. So it sort of defeats the purpose. One is starving the other. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so the most common one is uh, improperly sized gas lines. Any, any other common issues you're seeing out there? Uh, if you'd, I've seen some where the transfer switch hasn't been hooked up correctly. So as it goes to turn on, the generator's running, but it's not sending any power into the house. Just, just running. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> sounds like yeah, an that, expensive lawnmower, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, that would be that would be disappointing. Like you pay, you know, a lot of money for a generator. Power goes out. You're really excited. You're waiting for the power to come back on. You hear the generator kick on, and you're like, "It's gonna happen." <laughs> like that first time that it kicks on automatically and comes on, you're super excited, and you're like. I'm, I'm pretty sure it should have been on by now. <laughs> That's a fun phone call from a uh, customer makes to the electrician there. Okay. So step one, find an electrician that is experienced installing these things. Shane already touched on knowing what you want to run. Um, I would, I would also say in, a, in addition to that, with that point, kind of prioritize what you want running because you're not really limited. Like if you wanted to, you could run the entire house. You could have zero interruption, experience no discomfort when the power goes out, life uninterrupted, right? By a power outage. 
all the way down to like maybe you just have a couple of circuits that are are running. So what I the reason I say kind of prioritize and say okay, price not being an issue because you may not realize how much it's going to cost and how much work is going to be involved getting these big machines uh, in there. So maybe your dream is, okay, the entire house, but let's say that that price comes in a little bit over your budget. Okay, cool. What's my second priority so that I can kind of come down and price on uh, that generator so that when the electrician's out there talking with you so that you have options, right? And that would you say that that's where most of the options come from? Is it in size or what are the things that, what are the different not features, but the attachments, accessories, like what are the different things that contribute to um, adding up to that total cost of the generator that are options? The biggest one is just what do you want to run? Right. So much size. Uh, the next is uh, a lot of the standby generators will run on propane and natural gas. Mm. Some people are afraid of the natural gas system going down in the event of an earthquake, something like that. So they want to have a 2000 gallon propane tank buried in their yard as an emergency end of the world situation. Gotcha. So is that 2000 gallon tank, is that add the price or does a generator that's dual fuel add the price or are most of them dual fuel? A majority of them are dual fuel now. Okay. So as far as like it adding up to the cost, I mean, you mentioned earlier, call us, do we dig and put in thousand gallon propane tanks for people if, if they wanted that as an option or is that something that... no that's something that a, a gas company would okay. need to do like a propane install company a lot of it is is location where do you want the generator uh, i've i've done some where they want it on the back of their property so they don't see it they don't mm. hear it and now we're trenching through the whole yard installing the gas line out there the electrical so they don't have to see it or hear it Gotcha. Do you, I'm assuming that that would um, up the cost as well, because I'm assuming with voltage drop and stuff, you'd need to size that up so that mm -hmm. it can uh, make that distance. Yeah, you got to run larger gas lines, larger electrical lines. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, how often are people having to um, upgrade their gas meter? Is that something that, that happens every once in a while? Almost every time. Yeah. Really? Yep. So the, the gas meter coming into the house, is that something that gas company will come out and do for you? Or is that usually an extra cost from the gas company as well? It's usually an extra cost. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and hmm. the reason you, you pretty much always need to size it up is when the home is built, the, the plumber gives the gas specs to the gas company and says, this is what the house uses. So that's what they go by. They don't care about your future. They just want to run what you are currently running. Got it. So anyone out there that's building a house, if you know that you want to add these things later on, talk to your plumber and things so that you can save that expense later on and have the thing sized for the potential that you might want. That's a good, mm -hmm. good, uh, good point. I like that's the cheapest time to like kind of prepare for those things. If you know you're going to be, you know, as an electrician, you know, we used to talk about like running, you know, cat fives into the attic or running Smurf tube up so that you could like run extra wires and different things like that to places. So you're not having to cut holes in walls. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, next step after you have uh, done all those things, one of the things that I recommend people do is actually make sure that you're, consulting with that electrician that you bring out there. And when I say consult with them, like it doesn't hurt to ask his opinion because like when our electricians come out, 
Scott has so much experience putting generators in. He's seen so many different things. He might think of something that you didn't necessarily think of. So it doesn't hurt to like ask, you know, their opinion on stuff. How often when you go out and talk about generators, are you collaborating with people? Oh, constantly. Because <laughs> some things I've thought are important, such as the furnace, they could care less about. And so you're, you're always having open communication with them to try and figure out what is their priority. What, what do they want? Some people it's the internet that's, they could care less if nothing else worked besides the internet. (laughs) So it really does go back to like putting some thought in beforehand. If you're planning on getting a generator, make sure you know, what are your priorities? What are you wanting to, to run off this thing? I've had one I had, I did is, uh, they had a koi pond and their main concern was to make sure water was still flowing into that koi pond. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And you didn't bring that one up earlier when I was like, what, what are some interesting <laughs> didn't, didn't think about it. So <laughs> we even, we even talked about mining Bitcoin coins, towns like Koi and like, you just yeah. didn't go there. <laughs> all right, well, there we go. I mean, once you've done all those things and the, the electrician, uh, or the electrical company that comes out there, um, you know, have them present you some options, pick the one that you want and you know, go. And well, that, that's why it's so important to talk to your electrician. Just like we were talking about it. I can't think of everything on the spot. And so the more you talk and open that conversation, I invited up, you yeah. on the show because you guaranteed me, <laughs> Mike, I'm really good at this. You I'll come up with stuff on the spot. There you go. You said, Mike, ask me for an electrical joke and I'll come up with it on the spot. So I'm calling that favor in now, Scott. Oh, yeah. What's I, an electrical joke? I'm just kidding. No he idea. didn't tell me. Any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So as far as uh, generators go is, and we talked about, you know, the price ranging dramatically, but as you get into these bigger standby generators, it can be a substantial investment. Are generators something that people can like finance? Like, I mean, it's like, it's a big purchase. Can you finance it? Like you would finance a car or something like that? Yeah. With financing, there's lots of different options. We offer many different plans and special promotions on financing, but you can also go and get a loan from your bank or, um, uh, home equity line. Yeah. That you can, you can get it that way and add it to your house and just pay us. So gotcha. When it comes to generators, does brand make a difference? Or I, I don't even, I can't even think of like a ton of different brands. And I don't think most people are out there like shopping for generators until you start looking, generators aren't really on your mind. So does brand make a difference or do you just go with whatever the the company is? Uh, so I'm assuming as long as you're not getting it from Harbor Freight. <laughs> Just kidding. Harbor Freight, we love you. Harbor Freight is not a sponsor, but if you'd like to be, get it. Mike Wilson at anyhourservices.com. Hit me up. There, there is different brands out there that some are better than others, and I'm sure everyone has their own opinion on it. But you've got Generac and Kohler. Mm-hmm. Um, Briggs & Stratton makes some. Mm-hmm. Honeywell makes some. Uh, the biggest thing you need to look for is I've installed some generators that do not have a trickle battery charge system. So you have a car battery that's running this generator and you depend on that to be a full charge and start when you need it. And there's some that do not trickle charge. So so while the power is on from the house, it's wired up so that it's like slowly making sure that that battery stays charged. Yep, so it stays 100% so that you never have to worry about it not starting. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, our, since we, let's circle back to that. What are some other like knowing the differences between generators and things, what are some key things that people should 
look for in that generator? Like you talk about that trickle charge option for battery. What are some other things that people might not think about to look for? Some people even look at color. Yep. Um, different generators come in different colors and it doesn't match their house, right? So mm. a lot of the Honeywell are a darker gray color. A lot of the Generacs are kind of a beige color. So just I mean, ma matching the house. Can paint? Like, I mean, yeah, if I you guess want you could. to, you can paint anything. Might not look good. But. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you were gonna paint it, I would assume you'd paint it to like look the way you wanted it. Yeah. So okay. I don't know. My first house, they painted the toilets purple. So they painted the toilets oh, yeah. purple, yep. and the walls were a dark green. <laughs> Did you repaint, Scott? Oh, before I moved in. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. I mean, they could have just gotten a purple porcelain toilet. <laughs> no, it was painted with green frogs on the toilet seat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I. Okay, that works. Uh, okay, <laughs> another thing to look at when you're looking at generators is: Do you want it dual fuel? Do you want it to run on natural gas and propane, or one or the other, or diesel? Diesel is another source that you can run for standby generators. Really? Uh, is that again? Would you just have to have to put a big tank yep, in to like big that? giant storage tank of diesel fuel? Hmm. Okay. Um, any any other like? features uh like do our generators like part of like most everything is like connected to a smart home or you got wi-fi options mm -hmm. what kind of options are there for that for generators yeah there's there's wi-fi it connects to your wi-fi and then you can see what the generator is doing how long it's run um if, it, if there, <clears throat> sorry if there's an alarm that lets you know something's wrong with it and these needs to be maintained so so as long as as long as it's got the features and things that you're looking for, um, are generators like? Because I would think that the the most important part of the generator is probably the the engine, right? The motor that's like running things there. Like, that's is it pretty much the whole generator besides the case around it? So is it one of those situations where you hear the you know you hear people joke and be like, oh, it's the same. It's made in the same factory. They just put a different label on it. Like, is there a um, like a gold standard when it comes to engines inside the the thing. Like you, you mentioned Briggs and Stratton. I, I don't know. Growing up, I always heard that that was a, a solid engine. Like, I mean, is there a, again, I go back to like, does brand matter or does it not really matter? Uh, we're, we're in a world now where you can buy pretty much any quality of anything. Now you can buy a really an inexpensive phone to a super expensive phone. So it's sort of do through due diligence on your end and I, read the reviews. I usually tell people, especially with like HVAC equipment, when they ask about uh, brand and stuff, I'm like, for me again, everybody on the show knows I'm like the cheap guy, but um, I'm always like, I'm always looking at like the warranty that the mm -hmm. thing has because yep the better the warranty that's that's longer that I'm going to have to go with having to invest money into it because everything's eventually going to, you know, break down and require repair and, and, and things like that. So talk to me about what kinds of warranties people should expect, look for, is there a standard in the, in the industry? Like what, what are the warranties on these things? Most warranties are between three to five years, depending on, you know, the brand, things like that. Uh, along with warranties, there's a lot of, not a lot, but there is maintenance and checkups required to keep that warranty actually active. So talk to me, let's, that's a good segue. That was the next thing I was going to talk about. What kind of maintenance do, um, 
these standby generators require. Daily daily maintenance is making sure it's clear. It needs airflow. A lot of the generators are air cooled, so it needs that. Um, now, is that daily maintenance when it's running? Not, no, no. So not you got to go out there every day. No, <laughs> like I just changed my mind about getting just a generator. Make sure, make sure it's clear. You don't okay. want that vine yeah. growing up all around it, and so periodically, like when you're in the yard, make sure yeah. that the uh, the thing is clear of obstructions. Yeah, not daily. <laughs> my bad. Um, Essentially, don't go put a cover over top of your generator. Yeah. Ah, that's a good, because you don't know when the power is going to go out and if that you thing's going to kick on automatically. Cause a lot of people, I mean, you talk about putting a cover on it and that's, those things have to breathe cause it needs combustion air to do it. A lot of people will put a cover over their air conditioner during the winter, but Hey, you know, you're not going to be running your air conditioner when it's yeah. snowing outside. Yeah. As long as you take that cover off before it kicks on in the spring. But the thing with the generators, you don't know when that thing's going to be yep. kicking on. And so. it's designed to be outside. Sure. So don't we'll cover air conditioners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, <laughs> so besides the daily maintenance, yeah, daily, monthly, whatever. Okay. So just um, make sure it's clear of obstruction. What else? Um, <laughs> at a year, you're supposed to check the battery. Um, make sure the battery is going to do what it needs to do, start the generator when it needs to. So when you say check the battery, does that just mean go and kick the generator on, make sure it starts, or do you like put like testers on it? So I usually check it with the meter, Got start it. the generator, make sure it doesn't drop below the voltage that it needs to start that generator. If it does, then you need to replace it so that it'll do what it needs to do. Okay. And it's nice, like the Generac Honeywell ones with the Wi-Fi capabilities, it mm. keeps an eye on that battery for you. And you can just look right on your phone and it says, battery's good. Yeah. Gotcha. So you know. Um, any other major maintenance, like oil changes? Yep, you gotta change or... oil. So typically after it's started up, after 200 hours, you need to do your first oil change to you know, flush the system out, things like that. And then it depends on how often is it being ran. So, so is it, is it like a, um, is it just go off of the hours run or is it like a car where it's like three months or 3000 miles? Like, do, is it a time? Yeah, it does both. Yeah, it does both. both. So it's yeah. usually two years and then mm -hmm. 200 hours, gotcha. and then four years, 400 hours. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Is there a, um, little hour, what's an hour gauge called <laughs> an hour meter? It, yeah. it does tell how many hours it's yeah. run. So it Got does it. calculate that for you. A a timeometer <laughs> a timeometer yeah <laughs> that's not funny and okay. usually people don't hit the hours usually no. you go yeah. there and they, they run like i don't know 50 70 hours and you're you're there two years later doing the oil change gotcha so. um any other major maintenance to the thing i would say going back to batteries that's probably one of the biggest reasons generators don't start is that mm -hmm. battery mm-hmm uh, in different states, some states, uh, say you're in San Diego, that temperature is the same year round. You get here in Utah and maybe uh, you get up Chicago, those areas where you have heat and then it's really cold and it, it takes a toll on the batteries. So um, I suggest these people, like Gavin said, really check those batteries. You've already made a big investment if you really wanted to make sure it starts. I mean, you can go as far as changing that battery out every year, put a brand new one in just to make sure you're not going to have problems with that when you're when you're purchasing a generator is that is the maintenance like do most of them come with a maintenance contract or is that something you should like negotiate with the company uh installing the thing that that they do the do you need to have someone do this maintenance or is this something that you do yourself like how does how does this work if you're handy you could do it yourself um there are uh, youtube videos and stuff that you could watch and do that uh, most companies will also have maintenance programs with their generators 
Um, but like Scott said, uh, to keep warranties up, uh, these generators have to be maintained. If you can't prove that they've been maintained, some of these don't get covered mm -hmm. the way you'd like them to. Gotcha. And they, they do make it fairly easy to, it's easier to change the oil in the generator than it is any car mm -hmm. or any dirt bike, any lawnmower, anything. It's very simple. Yeah. Gotcha. Is it easier than changing the blinker fluid? One hundred percent. That was really dumb. <laughs> People tune into the show to be uh, entertained. Shame. So unless you got better jokes, I would appreciate. Hey, my it. wife went to AutoZone looking for blinker fluid when she was younger. So. Did she really? <laughs> yeah, because her dad said to go get some. Yeah, I look forward to uh, playing those jokes on my kids. Uh, let's see. I th those are kind of the major things that I was thinking for standby generators. What are any any last thoughts before we kind of wrap this episode uh, that you guys wanted to cover about standby generators? They're amazing. They're absolutely amazing, especially, you know, you don't know when the power is going to go out and what's happening. And to to know that when it does turn off, that you don't have to worry. Everything's back up and running and you're not at work getting a phone call because they're worried about who knows what mm -hmm. fear is always a giant motivator for people. Yeah. That peace of mind that you get from just knowing that it's there again, make sure that the electrician hooked it up so that when the thing kicks on, it uh, <laughs> does power the house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, cool. Well, I mean that that's all I've got for the show. Um, if nothing else from, from you guys, thanks for coming back again. Uh, to wrap up this two-part series on generators. Again, if you want to go back and listen to, uh, you know, the first part that we did about portable generators, that's episode 20. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of In the House. I'm not sure what it'll be about. Probably something about your drains in your home. They say <laughs> drains tend to follow the electrical episodes. I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> we'll plan it out really, really good. Um, anyway, I'd like to thank uh, Shane, Gavin, Scott for being here and all the people behind the scenes that help make the show possible. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. See ya.